Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the next game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel and we're all joining you via Zoom today in these COVID times where we all need to be socially distanced. And I don't think, don't think we could be any more socially distanced Distance, gentlemen. Shannon Donato, Mark Ellison, joining me over the uh, the the internet today. How are we, gentlemen? Yeah, very well, Jez. Uh, great to be be on again. Um, it's a highlight of our week, I'm sure. Um, See, it's such a big big moment. I thought you might have tidied your breakfast bar a bit better than you have, but anyway, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just getting my my daughter's uh, awards on the fridge in. If you can just see there, all of her awards that she's got in the first half of the year. So. Very proud of that. That's no, no, all good, mate. Just Jack. Great to be back. Great to have Shannon there with us too. And not in the same studio as us. It's even better. <laughs> Talk about cleaning up the breakfast bar. Good morning to Shannon Donato. Good morning, Jez. Good morning, Hello, And good morning to the great people at Zoom. And thank you for um, installing a wide lens on my computer so my head could fit into the screen and an even wider one on Hello. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> And thanks for putting a baby rabbit on next to your monster head, too. <laughs> actually, that rabbit's actually two metres by two metres. used to be on the side of the building at Redfern, but uh, it doesn't look small compared to my fat melon. <laughs> Very good. It's actually good to see you back in good form, Shannon, after last week's debacle. Yeah, so I was a bit below form. I was like the Queensland Origin side. Probably, probably not quite that bad, even though I did feel like death last week. Um and unlike the Queensland Origin side, at least I dug deep and put in. So uh, slight dig to all our Queensland brethren there as well. <laughs> Which I arrow because they're way too big for me. Actually, it's been one of the uh, positives of the lockdown, Jez. He, he couldn't go out for lunch yesterday because everything's closed down. So that's why we've got him in a good state today. <laughs> Hello, I'm going to say with the loss of my business, I'm worried they're never going to open up again some of my favourite restaurants. I can't help them. Oh, very good. Now let's get onto our uh, onto our first topic as we do each week. Something that I've learned this week. We'll go to you, Shannon. Jez, I've learned just how important um, sport is to the fabric of our community. I mean, uh, we're obviously hardcore rugby league people, all of us. But just speaking to people, how much they're looking forward to Origin on Sunday. With and that was only you know a couple of days into the the lockdown. And I remember last time, you know, this around this time last year when. Um, you know, Sydney was had been in a lockdown for over a month and really everybody was craving this sport. So it's really important to the fabric of our community. I guess it gives everybody to look for something to look forward to, something uh, that mixes up the everyday life and it's, has, you know, excitement, cheers you up and, and can relieve stress. So it just made me realise how important um, sport and, and particularly our club are to our community. Absolutely. What about you, Elo? What have you learnt this week? Just a couple of things, Jez. The, the first one was the power of social media. I mean, and you know, the eleventh hour before the state of origin, the winger they've brought into the squad gets ruled out. 
because he doesn't qualify under the rules of the game. And when we look at it after it, um, and the media reports that it was a guy tweeting it um, that, that gave gave him up and he was, you know, outside the age group, which was unfortunate for Queensland, but it made sure the rules were, were put in place. So, I mean, there's um, a great way for spreading information. That's that's the first thing I learned because I'm not heavily involved in it, as you know, in, in social media. Um, so that, that proved a, a powerful thing, particularly for New South Wales in the end to disrupt the Queenslanders. And um, the other thing I've realised, you know, like people are, you know, staying at home during this period. I've come into work this morning. There's hardly many many cars and then on the road, which which is great to see that people are, are staying at home um, and, you know, just following the protocols that are set in place. Because, I, I mean, no one wants to be locked down, but everyone sees it as a need, a greater need for not only Sydney and New South Wales, but Australia and across the world. So it's going to help us out. And the other, the other thing um, I think that's going unnoticed in, uh, in this pandemic is I think we've got to find, um, you know, some, some more areas for dogs and their well-being. I mean, I see them out walking with their partners, with, you know, with, with their, their parents, whatever you want to call them, and, you can see them, they're just trudging their heads down, their tongues are out and, you know, they've got, they've got calluses on their, on their pads in their feet. I mean, they're going for about eight walks a day, these poor buggers. I mean, we notice everyone's out walking and, you know, the people walking, the couples, they look like they actually like each other too. So that's amazing in this, boy, how the pandemic's brought everyone together. But I'm really concerned about the dogs. Yeah. Okay? Not so much my dog. But uh, for the dogs out in the community, because mine only goes once a day. A few of the dogs felt they had to go to the Bondi Hotel to get out and about there. Of <laughs> <laughs> course, a bit of a problem. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, that, I learned that a couple dog of... only gets out once a day to South Coogee uh, Bowling Club for, for a couple of schooners. No wonder if it's some exercise, Bella. Well, it's, no, you'll, be, you'll be amazed it's locked down like every other place in Sydney. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, Ella, that, you know, uh, social media is not your forte. You might be pleased to hear you're, you're a bit of a cult hero. There's a there's a Mark Ellison uh, fan page going around on, on Facebook. It's got three members, apparently, <laughs> um, Raylene Ellison, Josh Ellison, and uh, the Jewel Chinese restaurant at South Junior. <laughs> so you are a cult hero, Mark. And seriously, though, in terms of social media and you're talking about, you know, the debacle up in Queensland with their selections and whatnot, it's hard to be too critical of them because they're just starting to uh, get social media up there in Queensland. So they're just uh, they're catching up to the rest of us. <laughs> and, Ella, you mentioned walking the dogs and, you know, their heads down and their tongues out. I thought you were referring to the Queenslanders, actually, at first when you mentioned that. But... Uh... <laughs> Uh, very good. Number one. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, I've learned a couple of things this week. I've learned that three old blokes can work a podcast remotely via Zoom. Looks like it's working, gentlemen. So I'm, I'm very happy with our performances here. Thank uh, you, yourself, as an old bloke, Jez. You're a kitty, are you? That's because you look older than us, all right? <laughs> the other thing that I learnt this week was that Phil Blake played 16 minutes of Origin footy in 1989. <laughs> If for anyone that listened, that? For, for anyone that listened to last week's episode, I, I made the error to say that uh, Phil Blake should have played Origin football, and Ello picked me up on it, saying that he thought that uh, that Blake had actually played some footy, and um, 
one of our historians um, and our most avid listener, um, of course, tuned in and told us that um, Phil Blake actually played 16 minutes of origin footy, Brad Ryder. He let us know that. So he's always good for a bit of feedback, Brad. And um, I was 16 minutes off being right. <laughs> Missed by that much, Jess. I didn't, I'd be, I didn't want to jump in last week, Jess, but I just had so I didn't want to give our, our, you know, our listeners any, any uh, false information, which Correct. you never give, mate. So... I thought it was important that we go out with the with the facts, and you know we always do. Uh, you know, we always say that Shannon has had three bacon and egg rolls before he gets on here. So I was going to say, say, gonna say none of these stories have ever been embellished on this show. So <laughs> we're always about truth here at uh, the correct, Top Four Podcast. Correct. Excellent. Right. Well, let's get on to our first top four topic of the morning. And we're going to have a look at some of the um, the positional players for the Rabbitohs over the years. And we're going to start at the back with the top four Rabbitohs fullbacks of all time. We'll go to you first on this one, Ello. You um, can't vote for yourself after you hit on Michael Erickson either. <laughs> he makes one tackle, honestly. It's like the, like the story, one go, one go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Thanks, that's, knocked, that's knocked his first one out, Shannon. <laughs> I've got no, I've got nothing left. There was none better than me as a fullback. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about four of them? What are you going to do? No, obviously, the little master himself, um, Clive Churchill. We, we didn't get to see him play, but from all reports. Revolutionised and bought bought a full change of fullback role in games um, across the world. Um, he became the little master, the running fullback, um, and he changed what. Yeah, you know, fullbacks used to get involved back in those days, apparently in in kicking duels, and didn't really get much involved. They they just there as a last line of defence, basically, and a bit of a link man here and there. But he ran the ball, and uh, yeah, he goes down. That they've they've named obviously as we know the the greatest award now on grand final day, the Clive Churchill medal. That's an honour to tell you how how good he was here at the Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, the, the next one. So, sorry, Yellow, before we move on from Clive Churchill, he's <clears throat> two things on that. I love going to the SCG and seeing the size of his grandstand compared to Dally Messenger's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rabbitohs grandstand is about 20 times the size of the Roosters one. That that makes me really happy. Yeah, the, I know. The, the other thing we call Imagine Churchill. Imagine if they made one for me and Shannon, Jess. How big that was to be. We'd go to Wollongong. <laughs> the, the other thing that uh, with Clive, he's the Rabbitohs only immortal. And I reckon yeah. that's that's just not right. Like some of the players that have been part of this club over the years. Guys like Ron Coote and Bob McCarthy, John Sattler, particularly Ron Coote with his record at, at both the Rabbitohs and Eastern Suburbs um, with the success that he had um, in grand finals and, and winning premierships and captaining his country. I, I cannot work out how he hasn't been made an immortal to this point, especially with the influx of immortals that they that they inducted last time. So I'm hoping that uh, Ron Coote at least can get the recognition that he deserves as, as an immortal standing next to someone like Clive Churchill. Yeah, well said, Jez. I think uh, I think we'd all be agreed on that. And what a great man, even outside his rugby league career. Uh, he had a great, great career in business. Um, 
almost made McDonald's synonymous with coot. Mm. Um, and, you know, rhyming slang, the old Ronnie coot, you know, is good. <laughs> just people know him by that. But no, but just, he's, he's one of the great men that, that I've met in rugby league. <laughs> boot. An Ugg boot. Oh, boot. <laughs> I, actually, I actually worked for Ron Kurt in one of his McDonald's as a kid, seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was That's the one I that broke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's when, the, say, that's when they phased out employee discounts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were no oh, discounts. Hell, you didn't want to get carriages. <laughs> That's when I bought my first ute, actually. <laughs> Semi. <laughs> well, we'll have to do this by, we'll do this by Zoom more often. <laughs> no, seriously, I did work for Ron and, um, and Robin in their King's Cross. I grew up in one of the just down the road. I think I've mentioned that once or twice. That I grew yeah, up I was not sure where you, <laughs> where you came from, Shannon. You've certainly <laughs> mentioned McDonald's, but... Yeah. <laughs> our great our great friends, great sponsors of the Rabbitohs, actually McDonald's. And and as a Rabbitohs, tragic as a kid, getting to actually work, like he'd come in the store and he'd work quite often, Ron, and getting to work alongside uh, Ron was just an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to going, I used to hope every shift that Ron was in there. And, and obviously his lovely wife, Robin, as well. And, you know, uh, it's always nice when, when people you idolise turn out to be really, really nice people. And that's certainly the case. Uh, for me as a kid when I was first working for, for Ron and Robin Coot, beautiful people, beautiful family. Lovely tribute. Yeah, yeah. And beautiful chicken nuggets as well. <laughs> there were some days you hoping they weren't in when you were hungry, that's for sure. <laughs> one for you, one for me. <laughs> no, no. Two for me, one for you. <laughs> Oh, very good. I've got to ease down a bit. You'll get a complex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's your next fullback, Ello? Well, I'm just going sort of in order to the next one. It's hard to go past the great Eric Sims, obviously. Um, you know, the still the point-scoring record at the Rabbitohs. They changed, changed. we say revolutionised, as in in, in uh, the little master revolutionised the running game. Um, you know, Simsy revolutionised the field goal game by changing the rule, which is um, just goes to show how good he was at, you know, field goals and things like that. But even apart from – you talk to any of the players that played with him, he wasn't just a good goalkeeper, a good keeper of the football. He was he was a very good player, apart from all that. I mean, he gets lauded because of his, his great, uh, you know, point-scoring, uh, you know, point scoring records over the years, but he was a good footballer outside of that. And you ask any of the players that play with him, they, they rate him very highly. Um, my next one, GI, how do you go past him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna we're gonna go pretty close to the, the same ones here, I'd say. But um, another another guy that when he came to the Rabbitohs, um, was playing Sano and, you know, He'd be the first to admit he was a little bit unfit, a little bit overweight and was playing in the centre so he got a bit of match fitness. And, um, you know, 2012, we were, I think we were none and three and, and we played Penrith at, um, at Penrith Park one Sunday afternoon. I still remember it on the side. I was about, it was about 30 degrees, very hot day, and, and Greg just absolutely destroyed them from fullback. 
And, um, you know, he had played a fullback with the Storm. He played 5'8", he played centre, but um, he was a great centre. He's probably the world's greatest centre and he probably probably almost the world's greatest fullback when he played there as well. So um, he did things that, you know, we spoke about a hundred times, Greg Inglis, but you never get sick of talking about that try he scored from fullback up at, up at uh, Suncorp Stadium, 2014. One of the greatest tries I've ever seen. And he could do things that others couldn't do. And the biggest thing about Greg as a fullback was he saved more tries than he actually scored with his defence. There's not many fullbacks in the game, no matter where you are, what era, could probably say that. And he could do that because he had a wonderful defensive technique. Uh, he had a great knowledge of, of positional play. Um, and at his best at fullback at the Rabbitohs was probably some of the best football he ever played in his career, I'd say. Um, and so we were lucky we had him here. Um, and we go down, obviously, we talk about Sam and the GF and everything in 14. Sam was, you know, remarkable in that. But, I, you know, if Sam hadn't been there, we'd have struggled. And if GI hadn't been there, we'd have struggled too. Uh, but, yeah, great performance. And, you know, Latrell Mitchell's the next one, mate. I don't, I don't care whether he played a great game in the centres the other night. He's, he's proved himself as a centre. Um, but he has some some silky skills and, he, and he's handling the football. He, he could, he's like Greg. He could play centre. He could play 5'8". He can play fullback. He's got the touch. He's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the game awareness. Um, and you know, you know, each each one of these fullbacks, rep, you know, has represented their country. Uh, they they're all talked about in all the eras as uh, you know greatest players of their era. So um, we've just been blessed to have them at our club. Absolutely. I have the exact same four players, Ello, and it just yeah. shows the quality of those guys that um, we all think the same on that in such an important position on the field as well. It's probably grown in importance, the fullback position these days, playing as a second 5'8", chiming into back lines, putting on those plays for outside backs. Um, and as we've, we've spoken about before, um, Greg, as he was coming back to the back end of his career, became a great decoy as well because he'd, he'd drag in three or four defenders and leave the the line open for the guys like Alex Johnston and, and Nathan Merritt and these guys that um, were scoring tries for fun playing outside of Greg when he'd chime around on, on the left-hand side. And I'm sure it'll be the same with Luttrell at the moment. Yeah. He's playing such brilliant footy. He, I've said it before, he's a triple threat with his pace, his power and his skill. But eventually he's going to get to a point where he starts to drag in the defenders and he doesn't even need to touch the ball to be setting up tries. Well, there was a great a great try score to get the first try score to get the Broncos in our, in our last game. Um, you know, we, we'd been always getting the ball to Alex to score on the wing or the left centre, depending what happens. And that used, that came be Latrell would normally throw the final pass. But the other... There was an, a new option for us the other night when Cody went to throw it out there and just flicked the ball back inside to, to um, Latrell. I mean, what are the their defence, about three of them are gone to back behind the cover, as you do. Mm. That's exactly how they're taught to defend in that situation. Mm. But they didn't expect Latrell to get it back inside and he goes over untouched. Yeah. And, you know, Craig and Latrell, you, sorry, sorry, Shannon. Oh, no, I was just going to say that was an amazing try. And I remember seeing it home thinking, 
Is that something that they that they practice, they worked on, or is that just something instinctive uh, they have as a, as a combination? I think it's instinctive. I think it's just a little I'm inside. And, you, you, you know, it's it's what the great players have got. The, we, I just spoke a little bit before about awareness in defence of where you've got to be to stop a try. It's also just, um, you know, being around the ball and knowing where, where the ball's going to end up. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about fullbacks. I'm just got a little bit of a side. He played a lot of wing at our club. But Nathan Merritt also mm. had that ability to pop up where the ball was to score tries, you know. And, and, you know, Nathan didn't play a lot of fullback here, but he did play a bit. And he had that ability to be where the ball was to score a try. And it's, um, you know, it, it's freakish. It is. It is, yeah. It's, it's amazing the, the in such a short time, the combinations that have developed between Trill and Gags and um, AJ and, you know, um, even, you know, stretch out there. They just, yeah. you know, they play a lot of heads up footy and they just seem to get it right 99 times out of 100. They they know where the other one's going to be. And that's really, really hard to defend against because it's, as you said, it's just instinctive. And how, how do you have a set defensive pattern to, to counteract that? It's pretty difficult. Yeah. I mean, the, just going back to the four fullbacks we chose, it sort of epitomises our club that they're all Indigenous to... Um, you know, and they've just been fantastic for our club. You know, and we we pride ourselves on on our Indigenous culture, and uh, you know, we pick four of the the greatest players to have played for our club. To be fair, and they will go down in the history as that, and and they're all Indigenous players. Yeah, another great Indigenous fullback we had at our at our club probably played his best football elsewhere was the great Reese Wesser. Yeah, Jeezy could play yeah. some footy when he was at at his peak, and and probably wasn't at his peak when he was with us. But Jeezy still had his pace and still had his vision, and he could bust a defensive line open whenever he wanted to. And another great fullback that we've had at our club. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Mm. Shannon, did you have any other nominees for the top fullbacks? I, I did because I knew you guys were going to pick those guys, and and rightly so. They're all fantastic fullbacks. Uh, my four. Um, Great Rabbitohs fullbacks. Uh, two of them are Indigenous as well and fantastic players and play for other clubs, but also uh, the Rabbitohs. Three of the four are actually um, origin players or or higher in terms of representative honours. So it just goes to show the depth of God. And the first one I want to talk about is the great David Peachy. Mm. Peachy was a, was a fantastic... He could do some... You talk about instinct. He was just all instinct. Peachy would know where to pop up, where the gaps were going to come and... He um, was always sniffing around the football and was a was a fantastic player. Played elsewhere and and perhaps like you said, just played his best football elsewhere, but was still pretty good when he was here at the Rabbitohs and and was a fantastic player all around. I think Peach had a good effect on our club off the field as well. He was one of the the pioneering um, players to get involved with South Cares when it first kicked off and um, he had that strong connection with the Indigenous community and he helped foster. Um, the club's modern day connection with with the community, and I think Peach made a, an equally important contribution to this club off the field as he did on the field. Peach, I, I was I was fortunate enough to be the assistant coach when Peach Peach was with us, and um, you know Peach Peach came as the f- first year Russell came in and, and took over the club, and um, it was sort of a transitional period where we we had to improve we'd had a we'd have probably five or six very lean years leading into it 
And the one thing I know about Peach was he brought in the practice of extras after training, which is something that you, you can't really drive as a coach. You need the players to do that to buy into it because they need to enjoy it and they need to see it's helping them. And he, he, he brought that culture to our club in 2007. He used to get particularly the younger blokes out on the field after training and teach him those little little skills you spoke about, Shannon. You know, the, the things that, that aren't in textbooks, the things about game awareness and just talking to your mate and giving them a little heads up on the field, you know, I'll stay there, I'll come back. And, you know, little things like that that a lot of people don't know about. He was responsible for doing that. And, and uh, you know, I tip my hat to him for what he did here at our club. Spot on, boys. Yeah, Peach was great on and off the field. He was always a crowd favourite wherever he went. And part of it was because he was always sort of giving back to the members and community and uh, a great guy and, and still doing similar things out in Dubbo, actually. And it was great to see him out there at the at the Dubbo match. So Peach, the great Dave Peach, he's obviously uh, one of mine. Uh, Jez stole one of mine in, in Reese Wesser on his day. At the time, probably the best fullback in the game. Certainly the fastest fullback in the game. He was just... He was just Reese Lightning, as we used to call him, and he was a very special player and did some sublime things and uh, had the pleasure of playing with Reese. And I always felt uh, better when I knew Reese was in the side because you're always a chance of winning a game and certainly always a chance of scoring a try any side that Reese Wessel was in. Um, the third one is in Jez's theme again, uh, a fullback who might have played his best football elsewhere, but was a great footballer, played for Australia as well. Um, crossed over a little bit with him in my career at the Rabbitohs, and that was Tim Brasher. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people think of Brasher as a, as a Tiger and played more football at the Tigers, but he was good here and he had a good influence. It was at a time when our club was struggling and, and we were probably a bit short in terms of leaders and, and elite-level players. And Brash came over and he, again, brought professionalism with him and was a, was a great acquisition for the club at a time when we needed a player of his calibre and, and leadership. So Tim Brash is a, another great fullback who played for Australia and uh, played for the Rabbitohs. Uh, so that's three of my four. I was going to say Clive Churchill, but um, he's been spoken about at length. So I might just throw one more in. It wasn't in my original four, but um, i just got to say, we made our first grade debut at the same time and not quite in the same calibre as Clive Churchill, but Craig Carrington, very underrated fullback. Um, he wasn't a he was an international at schoolboy level, um, I think at junior rep level. And Caro was one of the most uh, instinctive natural footballers. wasn't big, um, wasn't wasn't that strong, but he was his pace off the mark was second to none. Also, like all good fullbacks, had a great instinct of where to be at the right time, and um, came through a south side that was struggling, and probably would have played a lot more first grade had we had we had you know more experienced players around us at the time at the club but very very underrated fullback so uh Caro's probably lucky to be in this class but it's it certainly some great fullbacks that were spoken about in and my four were um the, the great peach Reese Wesser Tim Brasher and Craig Carrington some excellent nominations there and uh we'll we'll start to go through some of these uh, positional players because we'll find that I think that like Ello was saying before with someone like GI where they played fullback and centre and won a, a Churchill medal at uh, five eighth that there might be some crossover so it'll be an interesting discussion to have about the top four in each position for the Rabbitohs but uh, yeah some big names there and, and great to reminisce on some of the greats there we'll be back some, in... some big names there Jez and Craig Carrington yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say um do you need some shutters at home? You're looking for a discount there, Shannon. 
You know me well, Ella. You know I'm the king of Contra. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, we'll be back after this short break. Now, Rabbitohs merchandise in these lockdown times here in Sydney, it's best to jump on to shop.rabbitohs.com.au at the moment to purchase your merchandise because the merchandise store at the Juniors at Kingsford is is closed for the next couple of weeks. Excuse uh, me, Jess. Can I just interrupt there for You can. Are the storm techs in? Well, yeah, yeah, I'd hope so. We've been talking about it for about six months. They're only about three weeks away, you know. Shannon's got one hanging up behind him on his Zoom call at the moment. The green storm techs. <laughs> you know what are in, seriously, for this kind of weather, is the, the Rabbitohs Fenlet top shirts. They are fantastic. They're very warm, cosy, perfect for this kind of weather. And also, um, from the Cotton Iron Range, we've got some Snuggets in, which are... People are probably more familiar with Udi's, but Snuggets in a in a very similar type of product and 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 vein. And we've got the Snuggets and the Flintleds, all perfect uh, merchandise for for winter and um, isolating at home. Are you allowed to wear the flannels in Vaucluse? <laughs> I don't live in Vaucluse. <laughs> oh, sorry, you moved to the six-bedroom garage in Coogee. That's when, right. I'm, when I'm walking around bloody East Gardens, everyone's saying, oh, "I thought you shopped at Vaucluse." And, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you weren't at East Gardens last Friday, Shannon. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was, I was talking pre, pre-COVID, Jez, of course. It's so uh, exciting. He got what he said, Snuggets? <laughs> what was it, Nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> when we made the bulk order, uh, I was very disappointed when it came and it was all, all, all of these warm blanket type. <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> Did you buy them in a pack of 24? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they didn't come with sweet and sour sauce, unfortunately. <laughs> snake nuggets. Uh, <laughs> well, I encourage you. everyone to get on and check out the snuggets and the uh, and the fernalette tops. Very good. I like that. So uh, jump on to shop.rabbitos.com.au to check out all of the great Rabbitos merchandise. Now, our next top four topic for the morning, the top four cheekiest players that you've been involved with. I thought we might get some good stories out of this topic. So we'll we'll start with you on this one, Shannon. Okay. Does and Craig Carrington about... get a run in this one? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was a cheeky bugger, still is, actually. He doesn't. He doesn't. I, I, I've got enough lines, thanks, <laughs> Phil <laughs> Howlett will get a run in this one, I reckon. <laughs> You mentioned last week I was a little bit under the weather after uh, to be, you know, and talking about being cheeky. To be honest, I'd been had a few drinks the night before with my lovely wife, and um, I just just reminded me about when you said about cheeky cheeky players. Um, remind me of a comment that I had from my wife that didn't go down too well. I was having a few drinks, and as you do with your lovely wife, I sort of gazed over and gazed down and said to her, you know, I just said, "Geez." I love you. And she said, is that you talking or, or the wine talking? I said, that's me talking to the wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't go down very well. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> I had to make amends for the poor performance last week to keep my, my split in the origin side. <laughs> Um, 
my four players are, unsurprisingly, uh, all halfbacks. And some of the best halfbacks are always cheeky players. And I'll, I'll start with uh, Daryl Trindle. He was always mouthing off. He, he was mouthing off to the referee. He was mouthing off to the opposition. He'd often mouth off to the crowd if someone was giving him a spray and more close to the sideline. <laughs> he was, he was, you know, cheeky is an absolute euphemism when it comes to Daryl Trindle, and uh, to, and hasn't changed much since he's retired either. He's always good with a good with the one line of the great Daryl Trindle. So he's um, he's my number one uh, cheeky player, closely followed by another great South Sydney halfback in Craig Field. Fieldsy. Grew up with um, Fieldsy playing in junior footy, played in my brother's side and I was their ball boy for a while. And from a very young age, he was always mouthing off and um, he's had his trials and tribulations off the field, but was always a cheeky player, always deep down inherently a good guy. And um, but was, you know, so mouthy on the field. I used to be just trying to suck in the air and fill my lungs and he was just going six to the dozen and, and, and never shut up Fieldsy. So... He was one. And, and another one, I'm not sure whether you guys will remember him, but he's one of the all-time mouthiest players that I ever played with. And, and even at training, he would not shut up. We'd be doing 400s and 400s and you, you could barely breathe. And he was just jabbering the whole time and sledging the whole time. And that's a little halfback that we had at the house called Troy Bazette. You remember Troy Yellow? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He played at a few clubs, but he um, and and he was a very sharp player as well. All, all of my players, all of my cheeky players, are, were very good players as well. But he's got a um, he's got a young son coming through down coming through the storm system. I think now, Shannon. Yeah, that's right. I I think he we came through the grades at South together and won the Presidents Cup. And I think a Blocker Roach was the coach at the time. And I think he was living with Block at the time. Actually, Block was such a good guy. He took him into his house because he came from somewhere regionally. Um, and but I just remember who is this bloke? Like, we were all sort of inner city types who used to sledging, but he was on another level. He was he was like winks compared to the rest of us when it came to sledging, <laughs> he was just an all time great. <laughs> so, Troy Bazette was another one, and as I said, all of them were halfbacks, and you can't go past cheeky halfbacks without talking about Tugger Coleman. Uh, Tugger was cheeky as a player, and I didn't know him so much as a player. I think I would have played against him once or twice, but I knew him more as a coach when he came back to see us. And even as a coach, he was sledging the opposition, and he didn't play a good game. Sometimes he was sledging you, but um, <laughs> he was even as a coach, he, he was always cheeky and always ready to give a bit of a lip and, a, and quick with a one-liner. So, yeah, my cheeky players, all great South halfbacks in Daryl Trindle, Craig Field, Troy Bazette, and Tugger Coleman. Excellent list, excellent. Hello, who's on your list? I'm tipping Tugger was probably on your yeah, list. Yeah, Tugger, Tugger. He was up there number one. As as um, as Shannon said, he just barred no one. I mean, he back back in the day, he, he even got away with giving it to referees. He used to call <laughs> Bill Harrigan some of the worst names that I can't say on here. Yeah, he'd just give it to Bill Harrigan. Uh, you know, in gay, I'm sure it was detrimental to us at some stages. I'm sure at other times, Bill Harry would go, my God, what do I say come back to that? I, I also remember a day Greg Alexander was making his debut. It was a trial game here at Redfern Oval. And he'd just come out of, um, he, he's very young, he'd come out of playing for Fairfield in the in the midweek schoolboy competition. And Tugger just annoyed him the whole day and said, you know, <laughs> Was telling me if you run, those boys will smash you. 
yeah, you know, Alexander obviously got through that and became one of the great halfbacks of all time. But I mean, that was that was Tugger's, you know, just competitiveness and just wanting to get over, you know, over the top of people. As you say, he'd give his own players a bit of a, a, a serve at times, too. He wasn't happy the way they were going, me included at times. But, uh, you know, that, that was just him. That was just how he played as a competitor. And every, everyone realised, mate, they all knew he wanted he wanted to win badly. And, you know, when, when people are in that mode, uh, sometimes sometimes they say things that, you know, they, they probably they might regret down the track. But you take it with a grain of salt and get on with it. But some of the serves, yeah. He used to hate Bill Harrigan, I'll tell you. And I don't I know, think you'll mind saying that either. I know, I know how Bill um, used to react. He used to cop it off Tugger and then send Mario off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> uh, yeah, no, very good. Uh, mate, talk about Mario. Phil Blake, he was a cheeky bug. He used to, used to give poor old Mario hell. Uh, I might have told the story again. For those who haven't heard it, I'm going to tell it. Um we used, to, we used to train, obviously, the old Redford Oval. And uh, Mario would be always out in the field doing a little bit of extra. I was talking about Peachy doing stuff. Mario would be out there doing it or just talking to the coach or talking to anyone because he loved talking, Mario. And just, uh, to, he still he'd be does there, their life. Talking to anyone else, that's for sure. Be, I think he talked to himself half the time. And <laughs> anyway, Blanky got into this, this habit of probably every three or four weeks you know, he'd come to train and he'd be ready for his shower, get out after the shower, and he'd put his undies on and the the actual crutch area had been cut out. So, so the dusters are hanging out through the bottom of his undies. Oh. When he's, he's going, who did it? He didn't know who had done it. Blakey would get there with the scissors and just cut the crutch out. You know, he wouldn't do it every week, but he'd wait three or four weeks and it was all forgotten. And then he'd get him again and everyone just burst into laughter. And then, um, yeah, Tricky Trindle, yeah, I played, he was around, I didn't play a lot with Tricky, but he was around when I was at the back end of my career. He's a cheeky little bugger. I didn't know him as, as well as Shannon, but uh, you could see he had that, uh, one of, that was one of the characteristics of the halfbacks that you needed to have at the time. And he, he was certainly up there with all of them in that area. Um, but yeah, I, I own halfback now, Adam Reynolds. He's got to go down there as you know, the pest. I mean, him and I have a magnificent relationship, as you know. And uh, you know, the, the last three or four months have been really tough. I mean, with, with but you know, I'm happy he's, he's got a, a good way to go on with his career and stuff like that. But he gets it, and, and, and I get it. We've spoken about it. But some of the things I'll never forget, and I've, I haven't told many people this story. Uh, Renault often talk, walks past people and just gives a little flick on the in the genitalia area. <laughs> and in the grand final in 2014, I used to stand on there's a section that goes out the toilet chair area that goes into another part of the dressing room. So we used to lock that door. So it was just the team and the and the, the staff in that area. And when when Major stopped speaking, there's normally three or four minutes before we go back on the field. So I'd open the door back up so everyone go to the tour, do what they need to do before they go on the field. Anyway, we're leading 6 0 in the GF at half time. You know, it's pretty tense. Everyone comes back, he walks straight past a little flick. And away we go. So, <laughs> half time of the biggest game of his life. 
and he could still be jogging around with it. And uh, <laughs> you know, he went on he went on to play a big role in in sealing that game for us in that second half. So, uh, but he's just a pest around all the players. But blokes like that pests pests around the team are endearing to everyone, and that's that's what you want in your club. And he's he's been the leader in that area <laughs> since I've been in in this administration sort of role compared to back in the playing days. He is the Dallium pest of the decade. Don't worry about that. <laughs> hello, hello. You, you speak about, you know, he flicks around the genitalia area. And I know it's all just a blokey environment. Yeah. But if he's doing something around the genitalia area, just be thankful at halftime he didn't come off and give you a thumbs up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I, yes, I like that, Chad. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been if we were leading 18 nil at half time. Yeah. <laughs> Who else you got, Elo? Is that is that your list? Oh, well, I had I had uh, Tricky in there. I got Blakey. Um, that's about all I can think of. Yep. Oh, Mick Pobji. He was a pest. You know, he was um, cheeky, and he he was. He was such a quiet bloke off the field, and he wasn't so much a pest or annoying to us, but he annoyed the opposition, you know. Mm. He would just, you know, he'd just get up and he'd growl in people's faces when he'd tackle them. <laughs> he'd get their head and push them into the ground. he just change. He, would, he was like a monster when he went on the field. And, you know, of course, when Rod and Willie used to rev him up too. Well, he didn't need any revving up, so... When he got a rev up, you can imagine what he's like. I mean, the other days he normally got sent off when he got revved up. He didn't need it normally. But um, he just annoyed opposition players. Um, and, you know, he was cheeky to them the way he just got away with it, you know. And, and no one had come back to him. He'd verbal them and call them mother's terrible names and things like that. <laughs> but, uh, now, he, he was one of the best at that, I'd have to say, Podge. But off the field, church mouse. Oh, clearly. there you go. Very good. Well, I've got uh, I've got a list here that's got a few different names. And I had Renault on there. He's the king of the pests. No one's safe, not even Wayne. Day one, <laughs> they were into each other. Wayne bagging him about his tats and Renault telling him he's old and in the retirement home. It was that They were close to best mates from day one when Wayne I just, arrived. I, when, when Wayne first came, they... Um, now, we were at Redford and, and they were set up, standing on the trial line, but there was just him and Campbell Graham standing. And um, <laughs> Wayne, was, Wayne was to the right and Campbell was to the left, just about 10 metres to the right, each side of the post. And when I said, oh, we play an AFL today, aren't we? We got the goalposts on the other side. <laughs> Quick, he's quick. Yeah. So the other players I had on my list was my um, first one was Chris Sando. He was yeah, always yeah. quick with a witty remark, and he had a sense of fun, and that sense of fun was quite contagious around the around the team with with, uh, with Chrissy. He was very cheeky, and another halfback to to add to the list while he was with us. Um, someone that's not a halfback who I had on my list was Jeff Lima. Now he yeah. was only with us for a very short time, but geez, he was a funny bugger. And we used to do a, a series of videos with him um, throughout the season called Hey Cuzzy, where he'd go around and interview the players and it'd be, um, 
it'd be the Shannon Donato style joke of who's your favourite teammate and why am I? And the boys had just bagged the <laughs> hell out of him and he'd come back with a witty remark and just shut him down. He was good fun, Jeff Lima, when he, he was with. It was only a short time, but he made a lasting impression. Uh, another guy that I had on my list was Isaac Luke. Now, Bully was up there with one of the great pests and then he teamed up with Adam Reynolds and it was almost like a double act. It was just, it was impossible to get away from them and very cheeky Bully. I don't know if he was cheeky in terms of mouthing off at people on the field or anything like that, but around training, you just couldn't get away with anything around Bully and he'd track you down. If he had you in his sights, he'd track you down and just take the, the P-I-S-S out of you all day. <laughs> Anything for his own entertainment, Bull. So he was uh, he was a very cheeky player. And, of course, as we mentioned, Adam Reynolds, he was the, the final one on my list. So you've got to have those sorts of players around your squad, don't you, or else uh, things can get a little bit too serious. You need someone to break the ice and keep it fun. Sure do. And it's... Um... As you say, Jez, it's probably these times more than ever when you're in the lockdown and you're coming to train, it's good to have that. Like, Renault's fantastic this time. Like, you come in, you get your entertainment, you don't have to see them when you get home on the TV or anything like that. You get it when you're here every day from him. So, um, yeah, they make a difference in your team. Good for team morale and uh, good for just having a laugh along the way. Absolutely. they are good for clubs, but I find those players like Vegemite, just in small doses. You don't want too much. It comes on too strong and it becomes a bit much. You just need to spread nice and thin. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's too much. I, I play with players who are that punishing. Honestly, I, I, they would give Panadol a headache. They would just go on and on and on. And, uh, they're, they're great to have around, but in small doses. Well, thanks, paste. Yes. <laughs> All right, we will be back after this short break. Now, we've talked about it a little bit over the last few months, and it's Rabbitohs Plus. It's the new initiative from the Rabbitohs, which give you services that you will use every day, from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance, home loans, anything like that that are services where you use them every day. Rabbitohs Plus can help you out with that. And to check out everything with Rabbitohs Plus, head to plus.rabbitohs.com.au. And, Shannon, you've said that your wife has worked as worked over the credit card. She got about five home loans for the new house in Vaucluse and Coogee. And... <laughs> I'm going to take you for slander. It's dead set. It's bad enough you, you're slenging and besmirching my name, but my, my poor wife I'm saying that about five credit cards. It's not five, it's, it's seven. But anyway... She clearly doesn't listen to the podcast because it hasn't been me pushing the, the credit card line. <laughs> Seriously, the Rabbitohs Plus program is excellent. You know, uncertain times at the moment and, uh, you know, it's always glad to have insurance at these times because you never know what's going to happen. And, and um, as I've said before, we've worked really hard with our with our partners to ensure that whatever products we got are the highest service at the best possible rate. So whether that be, you know, home and contents insurance, whether that be financed via credit cards, uh, personal loans, even home loans with Community First Credit Union are our partner there. So they're, like us, they're a member-owned organisation, non-for-profit, and um, they can, they give their benefits back through through their members and their partners. So um, they've got market-leading rates for their um for their loans and their finance products. So 
as I always say, I encourage all of our members to get on to the site and, and have a look at what's on offer there. Excellent. Yes, plus.rabbitos.com.au to check out everything about Rabbitos Plus. Now, our trivia question from last week was state of origin theme because we're in the middle of origin season. Who was South Sydney's first state of origin player? Now, he played for New South Wales in the first game in 1980. And as I said, you could have worked out the answer had you listened to the Rabbitohs radio podcast last week because they featured this gentleman as part of their uh, part of their show. They're remembering a Rabbitoh segment. So, gentlemen, have you done your homework? Have you been listening to Chaps, Mavo and Brownie? I have been listening to Chaps, Mavo and Brownie, and uh, I'm not sure which episode this guy featured, but I'm, I'm going to take a take a stub in the dark and say Ziggy Nisko. Mm. Hello, your thoughts? I was going to say that, but I changed it to Tony Rampling. Neither of you listened to the last episode of Rabbitohs Radio, clearly. <laughs> the answer was Gary Hambly. Oh, of course. Yes, Gary yeah. Hambly played for New South wear Wales. In the Do you fir- wear his stockings? <laughs> I'm glad he you used, said that. He used, to wear, he used to wear stockings as like uh, compression garments that they do these days to stop chafing. He's a Truly. revolutionary. Yeah, true story. That's very good. He's a great guy, Gary. Blake. Unlike Phil Blake playing, not playing Origin last week, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Did Blakey ever cut the crutch out of his stockings? <laughs> I think he might have that night. That's why he never got a run. <laughs> now, Actually, our, tri- uh, our, our trivia question for next week. How many Rabbitohs have won the Dally M Player of the Year Award? Who were they and in what years did they win? So another three-barrel question. But I'm sure a lot of people will know the answer to this one. He's an absolute champion, the man that uh, we're looking for in the, in this answer. So how many Rabbitohs have won the Dallium Player of the Year Award? Who were they and in what years did they win? So we can, uh, we'll give you the That's answer. That's obviously one, Jess, uh, well, for that. Yeah, I buggered that up, didn't I? But anyway, <laughs> we'll let everyone have a little bit of another hint there. There's only one. <laughs> That's the answer to the first one. Uh, excellent. Righto, we'll be back after this break. Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday once this lockdown finishes, maybe a long weekend away with your mates or you need to get to the next game, then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. And because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and plan your next trip after this lockdown finishes and I'm sure we're all keen to make sure we can get out of the house and uh, get out and about again and what if could be the answer to that. In, indeed, Jez. I, I was talking to Gab the other day, my lovely wife, Gabrielle, and you know, I was saying I can't wait to have a break. I said, she said, well, yeah, why don't we do it? I said, okay, I'll take you somewhere you've never been before. And she said, okay. So I, I took her to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> You can't recycle you, Jace. Yes, yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> Poor Gab. Where is she? You're looking at her over the top of your screen right now as yeah, she hey, comes running at you with a, with a butcher's knife. 
She's taking the dogs for a walk, actually, Jess. Um, <laughs> which, which actually reminds me, actually, you start talking about getting out and stretching your legs. I, I took the dogs to the dogs down the dog park the other day, and um, I saw my dog just wander off in the distance. He was sitting next to another dog, and the other dog started licking its own backside. I saw my dog look at it. My dog said to it, what are you licking your own backside for? And he, the other dog said, I just bit a rooster support. I'm trying to get the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> 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 oh, no. So hopefully we can all get out a bit more and um, and stretch our legs and, and have some fabulous what if holidays once the uh, restrictions ease. I was going to say, are these jokes approved by what if? <laughs> Actually, Daniel Finch, the managing director, he's got one of the best sense of humours uh, ever. In fact, he once told me I was a good footy player, so he's, de- he's oh, definitely dear. very, very funny. So a good sense of humour, terrible judge of footballer. No, we need a new sponsor called What The... <laughs> WTF. <laughs> anyway, let's get back on topic. Jump on whatif.com slash rabbitos. Use that promo code rabbitos15. You can save 15% on select hotels. What if it's Aussie for travel? All right, Shannon, it's time for your joke of the week. I hope you didn't just use it up. No, no, I didn't, Jez. I've got one. It's um, it's on point at the moment with COVID, and there was a story I heard from a good friend of mine actually uh, uh, in the COVID ward at Prince of Wales up there at Ramwick, and the doctor was doing his rounds. And it's you know, COVID's not a laughing matter, but you know, there, there are some funny stories that come out of it. And the doctor is doing his rounds, and he gets to a young man and checks him out, and he says, "Yeah, mate, you're going to be fine." And he gets a poor bloke. He's been working. 14 hours, hasn't stopped the poor doctor and hasn't had something to eat. And he gets to an old lady and he checks her out. He says, look, you're on the mend. I think you're going to get better. And he noticed she has some peanuts in a bowl beside the bed. The old lady says, listen, I haven't I haven't had lunch yet. I, I've just been working 14 hours nonstop. Um, I know it's a COVID ward and, you know, this is your space. So feel free to stop me. But I noticed you've got those bowl of peanuts beside your bed. Would you mind if I had a couple? I'm absolutely starving. And uh, she says, no, dear, no, you've you got to work, got to keep your nutrition up, help yourself. So he has a couple and uh, he really enjoys them. He's starving, has a couple more. He says, oh, look, I feel really bad. I've eaten just about all your peanuts. And she said, and uh, I'm glad you can enjoy them. I can only suck the chocolate off them these days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your best one in a while. <laughs> That's good. That is good. As we say, very good. <laughs> uh, hello, we're back to you next week. Yeah, that'll be hard to beat that one. No, I know I know you'll step up to the plate. You always do. Right, we'll be back after this short break. Thanks very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to jump on rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or onto Twitter at SSFC Rabbitos and give us your topic suggestions that we can talk about in our top four podcast each week. Don't forget to give us a review and a five-star rating on your podcast apps and tune in to the other podcasts on the Rabbitos Podcast Network. We've got our Rabbitos Insider. We've got our midweek media conferences, which are back on this week now that we have footy back on the board. And 
Always tune in to Rabbitohs Radio with Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. They're doing a great job with Rabbitohs Radio. They're putting their signs up all over the place, all over the Sydney, the South Sydney district. They're getting plugs left, right and centre, trying to get their uh, their listenership up. And they're also diving into Rabbitohs TV on on uh, YouTube, and they need to get some more subscribers on the Rabbitohs Radio and Rabbitohs TV YouTube channel. So search them out on YouTube so that they can do some live broadcasts and get more and more Rabbitohs content going out there to keep us all connected in the community, which is um, Rabbitohs Radio's motto is connecting the, the Rabbitohs community. So thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us from home or in the office there, Ello, and... Uh, Big game against the Tigers this week. We're all looking forward to it. There won't be any crowd, but that probably uh, works in our favour playing at Leichhardt. Yeah, I don't think it'll hurt, Jez. It's a pity. Oh, I mean, the players won't. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird feeling uh, playing with no crowd there. But the biggest positive is we've done it before. We did it up in, up in Brisbane last year, so we know what it's like. We did it in other games as well. It's just a sign of the times, unfortunately. Um, it's a pity. I think it was going to be a sellout at Leichhardt, mm. but uh, it is what it is. Uh, we'll turn up. We've just got to have, have our game head on, and um, two points is vital, as in every week. But um, we keep ticking those two points over, mate. We're going to be in the position we want to be come the end of the year. I heard Benji on Fox League NRL 360 this week saying he's there's probably a little bit in him that's uh, grateful that there's no crowd at Leichhardt this week for him. <laughs> Returning yeah, yeah, back to Leichhardt for the first time in a, in a long time. He said he's never run out of the away sheds in a competition game. Yeah, well, there you go. He'd have been worried a bit about that, Benji, but, you know, what he's done in the game across across a few different clubs now, um, you know, it, it wasn't he's he didn't walk out on them. It's just one of those things that happened. So, yeah, he's accepted everywhere he goes, and he's been a great part of our club at the time he's been here. He's starting to climb the ladder on the all-time first-grade player list as well. He's um, this week he jumped Sutto and Freddie Fitler. They were on three thirty-six, yeah. the same as Benji. He jumps up to three thirty-seven, so he goes equal with one of his former teammates in Darius Boyd on three thirty-seventh in equal ninth, and then the next game. He jumps up to 338 alongside another former teammate in Chris Hyington. So he's got, go. he's got some mates that he can bag saying, I'm, I'm jumping the, the ladder rungs week after week, jumping in front of you. So he's doing well, Benji. He's doing well. He'll and, probably and, remind them too. Yeah. <laughs> and congr- congratulations to, to him and his wife on uh, the birth of their baby recently. And there's been a few babies at the Rabbitohs. Harme Sele had a baby. Brock yeah, Schaefer, yeah, our yeah. operations manager, he's had a baby. Um, ben Klinker had a digital. He's uh, <laughs> had a baby. There's a few around the... Around the way. Shannon, when's yours due? Oh, choose more than enough for me, Jez. I can see <laughs> the cues in the rack well and truly. But uh, I know it's been some cold nights, but I'll just encourage all of our players to get some TVs in their bedroom. I need them focusing on their TCLs? Footies. TCLs? TCL footies, of course. Talk about Benji having a ba- being able to bag some mates, um, you know, as he's jumped them on the all-time playing record. LA, LA doesn't need any more mates to bag. He just hones in on me. So, LA. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> have time to bag any other mates between it's you it's and Block. you're my mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Point in case. There you go. <laughs> Talking about baggings, I heard the story. I don't know whether it's true or not. And you're speaking about the game at Leichhardt this weekend when Madge took over there and their first training session on Leichhardt Oval. He didn't know any of the boys and who played where. So his first training session, he said to all the Tigers, go and line up in your usual positions. And they all went and stood behind the goalpost. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually looking to forward to seeing Madge from a social distance this week. Yes. It's yes, always good uh, to, to say good day and have a chat with Madge, a, a absolute legend of our club with what he achieved in 2014. Great guy, Madge. Everybody has fond memories of his, of his time here. Great guy, but not, not so, not so, not such a nice guy to be around after a loss. He takes a loss pretty hard, Madge. So uh, he, does. he might be thankful for that social distancing, Jez, after the match if we beat them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting story about Madge and, and you, Ello, on the the on the uh, podium after the grand final. We were oh. supposed to be coach and players, and somehow the coach disappeared because he fell through the stage, and the football manager popped up. <laughs> well. Uh... I just, the most the most bewildering thing was that the stage could hold me and not hit. <laughs> you take it off my lines, hello. But, you know, as you should have learned by now, if there's a if there's a camera around or a feed around, Ella would blow into a funeral. Dead, dead. <laughs> uh, oh, excellent. Righto, well, as it is every week, the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast is powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. Thank you once again, gentlemen, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.